again. Welcome. Not quite sure what this episode's going to be, where it's going to go, or if it's going to even wind up on the feed. I'm going to review something that came up. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this name before. I, I'm pretty sure I have. Ben Pakalski is a kindred spirit, I would say. He's someone who I would say personally helped because I came into an awareness of him at a time where I well actually that sort of the perfect time in my personal development I started seeing some things with him and I followed his program and it taught me a lot about about uh, exercise performance and the value of doing exercises in a way that they specifically target the muscles that you want them to target as opposed to having loose form and having unwanted results. Uh, I've, I've really liked him. I've followed him uh, over the years and I've, I actually met him one time which was really cool. Um, I've some of his programs I'll I'll admit have been kind of hit and miss for me and I I've heard from his team when a couple times they were a little bit I think not particularly thrilled with how I reviewed some of his stuff but the bottom line is I have huge respect for him and I really like a lot of what he's doing and his new podcast, the Muscle Intelligence one, I believe it's called. He he recently redid it, and he's um, and I, I listened to it. I haven't listened to all the episodes, but he has a lot of uh, interesting people on it, and definitely some really cool topics that he gets into. And uh, also, I get his newsletter. The reason I'm bringing him up is because recently, actually. A day or two ago I think yesterday actually he sent out one and it had a recommendation for a book called brainwash now I guess it, it might be helpful to know that recently Ben has been interested in a lot of the same things I have been interested in which are taking a philosophical approach to physique improvement and um, this particular book has it, it's more to do with the uh, what would I say it's it's the neurological end of things but it's I think what it's trying to do and I say think because I'm I'm only into chapter I oh geez what four and it's trying to take a uh, neuroscience approach to well-being and self-improvement and that kind of thing which is kind of nice because it's it's a much more scientific approach than a lot of the other types of uh, books that are you know giving suggestions of how to improve your life which are also I, I enjoy but a lot of them are more based in psychology and that kind of thing than or, or some of them just um, what would I say? I guess uh, anecdotal uh, approaches. So going through this book, I wanted to just talk a little bit about 
what I have gotten into so far. It's been kind of a hit and miss type thing for me so far, and I hesitate to actually recommend it at this point in time because one of the very first things in the book actually didn't really sit that well with me to the point where I actually emailed Ben and, and said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you're recommending this book because right off the hop it was saying, well, if you are obese, then it might not be your fault. You might be a victim of shrewd marketing, something along that line. You might have been tricked. Now, I think the point of this being is that uh, he's trying to show that marketers and uh, social media people especially are getting very skilled at tapping into the aspects of our brain that are driven for instant gratification. So I think that's what he's driving at. But personally, I can't say it's a really helpful model to say, oh, I'm obese because I'm a victim. It's somebody else's fault. They tricked me into overeating. That I don't think is a very <laughs> useful way to go around thinking. So I wasn't quite happy with that. And as you know from my other episodes, the whole idea of taking on a victim mentality I find to be counterproductive. And it comes from this place of seeking sympathy. It's not something that I think is very good to purposefully strive towards. That being said, uh, there's, there's other aspects of, of the book that are more minor things that I, I take issue with. I think some of the conclusions he came up with were, for example, one that came up that I'm like, I, I was kind of shaking my head a little bit. He said, if you don't care about the environment, that means your uh, prefrontal cortex, I believe is, is the, uh, the part of the brain, isn't properly developed because you're selfish. I can see how we got to that approach, but again, part of the part of the problem, and I've touched upon this before, is that actually, no, I haven't touched on this specific component. So, there's a tendency by certain people to to promote a type of lifestyle that is very um, very directed towards instant gratification. And basically the idea is if it feels good and it's not hurting anyone else, then go for it, right? Which is a pretty bad messaging thing for people if you're also wanting them to be responsible. This is a great, uh, one of the big reasons why I think we're, we've got a problem with teenage pregnancy and that is because kids are being told, oh, it's okay if it feels good and, you know, and you're and you use protections, then you can go ahead and do what you want. So basically, you don't have to be responsible as long as you're being responsible while you're, which obviously has not worked very well. So the same type of messaging uh, is, is that is saying um, you don't need to be responsible and you is promoting a selfish lifestyle is now, just like they tried to solve the solution of telling people that 
um, you don't have to re be responsible via uh, via sex. You don't have to be responsible, yet you should be responsible. And if you're not responsible, then we'll deal with it in other ways, aka we'll just let you have an abortion and, and that's how we'll solve that problem. Not by telling you you should be responsible, no, 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 because that would destroy our whole narrative. So these same people sending that message that you don't have to be responsible are realizing now, oh, we're getting selfish people, we're getting people who aren't acting responsibly. Oh, people aren't being respectful towards the environment. Well, how should we solve that problem that we've created? Oh, I know. Uh, what we'll do is we'll attack their characters. We'll we'll say, oh, you're you're um, a horrible person. You're a climate denier. You're this. You're that. And then we'll come up with solutions to to uh, punish people who don't believe in how we're going to uh, go about dealing with this problem we created. It's um, so when he basically all this to say when he says that people not caring uh, about the environment is due to part of your brain not being developed I I think he's pulling that out of thin air okay so my point being there's some things in the book he he comes to that or they come to it was a father-son team that wrote the book that I detract I think from the overall point that being said, there is some good things in this book as well. So I think that's what needs to be said when going forward if this kind of book interests you. The premise is that you can you can direct your life the way you want by taking on new habits that will be uh, helpful for taking control of your neurology, your uh, your nervous system function, central nervous system function. And a lot of the science-based stuff is, I mean, as I've alluded to in previous episodes, it's been interesting to me. So he touches on some of the same things in the way that, uh, that, that neurons work and the way that synapses connect together and some of the stuff that I have been learning, so that's been interesting and, uh, the way that neurotransmitters work as well and, and he expands upon those ideas a little bit, and especially where it comes to dopamine. So those kinds of things are interesting. Um, so far, like I say, in, uh, four chapters in, there hasn't been a lot of practical information. Now, I know that's not the intent of the book. So far, it's just meant to lay out some of the problems. You know, they talk about, he's talking about social media addiction and how that's having negative effects on people's well-being, which I think is a, a solid point, it, it, but it's not a novel point. This has been well known, I think. I think it's pretty well understood that young people are are suffering more and more depression, and there seems to be a correlation there between social media and uh, and people who are prone to be depressed getting even worse than they might have been without this. So so I think the, he touches on some valid points here as well. And um, so stand by. I'm going to run into the gym and uh, I'm going to come back. And about an hour from now, I might have some more to add on to this. Okay, I'm back. So... While in the gym, I listened to about another hour or so of the 
audiobook of Brainwash. There wasn't a heck of a lot more in there to add to what I've already said, but that being said, I'm glad I took the little break to talk and do this, do the first segment of this podcast and then take the break and listen to it more. And the reason I'm glad is because what I found going back to it, I was, I had opened my mind a little bit more. I find that one of my tendencies is when I get it, when I get the idea in my head that something is subpar, I'll just put it that way, that um, that the whole thing is garbage. And so as I was listening to it, I became skeptical of it a lot more and more as it went on. So I'm glad I was able to kind of reset and and listen to it with a renewed sense of trying to see what I could get from it open-mindedly. And it was because it was talking, it was still on the topic of social media um, addiction. It, there wasn't much more there. And I think the points they were making during this segment were quite valid and interesting. So so that's okay, and I'm glad I did that. Had a really good leg workout, so maybe to finish up here, I'll talk about that. Because what was happening with me was I had a... Uh, uh, knee issue that was that was really holding me back from my leg workouts it was it felt like the joint the knee joint was it was just in constant pain so I was trying to figure out what was causing this and I wasn't really sure so what what it was was causing it what was going on with it and I looked up a whole bunch of stuff and found out a little bit more about the biology of the knee I guess we'll call it a knee joint and so I I had a few ideas so what I did to address this first of all one of the interesting things that I learned can lead to knee joint pain is if your hips are weak and I am really bad about training my hips they're one of those ones that I just tend to neglect because it's not fun to do abduction and adduction type movements so I've been the last couple weeks I've been focusing on adding hip work to my I start out my training day with that because I know that they're a weak point and I've been trying to uh, gradually, and I actually have been gradually increasing the number of reps I can do on leg um, adductions, abductions or adductions. I always get those two confused. I taught myself it. One of them is when the joint is moving away from your body, and one is when it's moving in. I can never remember. I think abduction is moving away from your, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, the 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 leg ab is the one I think I've been doing and uh, leg raises and those kind of things to get that going before doing then I've been doing box squats to help with the squat movement but I have to you have to lower the weight quite a bit so I've been finding that that helps me really target the muscles and and uh, improve upon my form as well as 
getting the hip strength. And then as far as uh, to finish up my leg day, I've been doing uh, supersets of leg curls and then leg extensions, which have been really good for um, uh, uh, building up the lactic acid, getting a real good burn going. And I finished those up with some negatives because those are great for loading it up and doing single leg negative movements. So I've been finding a lot of benefit there. My last couple leg days have left me wobbling out of the gym, which I haven't done in a long time. So I guess that's good. It's nice to get back to feeling my legs working really hard. Um, so anything else to add today? I'll add one more thing. And this is, you know how sometimes, sometimes you get those little epiphanies. And I, you know what, I, I think the reason I started thinking about this today, this epiphany I had was actually due to the book. So credit where credit's due, right? So it's good it got me thinking about this. One thing it talked about is that you, if you purposefully only use social media when you're, you've got something specific to do and when you also make sure that you're not being negative you're actually giving positive comments to people and engaging them socially that that can actually make social media work for the good and it brought to my mind something that happened to me earlier this week or not something that happened to me but something that came up I'm not I've been personally avoiding social media quite a bit lately because I find it does make me depressed and uh, so I, I tend to avoid it as much as possible um, which is probably a good thing uh, someone said someone posted something though when I, I was on it on Facebook and her post said I something along the lines of it was a uh, one of those memes or whatever you want to call them a picture and it said I just want someone to be there for me and hold me and comfort me something along those lines it said I just want something to and now this person often tends to post kind of negative things and things that are just begging for attention and um, and I try not to feed into them and sometimes I give her crap about it and so I was kind of tempted to give her crap about this and say you know why are you waiting for someone else to come and take care of you take care of yourself but instead I posted something I, I said if, you, if that's what you want first be that for someone else and I don't know where that came from, but I'm glad it did come to me. So I'll leave it at that and I'll catch you next time. Yeah, it's expired. So what I was thinking is if I give you guys some money to walk to Sobeys, you could grab yourselves a little something to eat while you're there and uh, yeah, it's beautiful outside, so you could have a nice little walk, pick yourselves up something to eat. You could also grab a chocolate milk for your lunch since one of them got taken.
Okay, so get Justin ready to go however you're going to. Yeah, sure, it's, it's up to you. I just wouldn't take too long because you're going to lose the light. Uh, do I have to go? Yes. Do you want chocolate milk for your lunches? And you don't want to pick something up for yourself for tonight? Well, I want you to go to do good exercise, get you out of the house, get some fresh air, do something useful. It's not cold. What? Um, you mean so you can eat it before you go? Okay, then get ready to go, and I'll make you one. Um, where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I'm sending the kids on a quest. To? To find a holy girl. So, it turns out uh, that Jackson didn't take the same chocolate milk. So, what, I'm, what I offered to, for the kids, since it's so gorgeous outside, is just they can go on a quest uh, to Sobeys. He can get chocolate milk for his lunch, and they can pick themselves up a little something to have for supper while we're out. Jackson, are you ready to go? Yeah. Okay.